Swing and a drive! Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hi, guys. Welcome to another edition of Red, White, and Blue Jays. And today, I am amazingly super excited because I have Vito Duran and Ricky Romero on the pod. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are you this morning? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah. Um, we just actually finished doing our Ricky Roll podcast. Um Another solid episode. So, yeah, Beto told me about joining uh, this podcast and and having or being, uh, I guess, a guest. Yeah, uh, absolutely, so. you're a guest. Yeah, t- yeah totally. So, so I mean, I'm looking been, forward to it. No, I've been long time follower of you guys. Um, and I don't know if you can just just see on over here. Uh, what you got? Sure. What you got? There we go. Ah. Hey, it's here. It's on it's the wall. There. It's show that again. Show that again. I got to get pictures. There it is. Oh, well, let's just get pictures it. in the UK. All right. Hey. All right. Are you are you in London? Uh, no, I'm in a place called Bournemouth, which is on the south coast. So if you can imagine the UK, uh, we're we're on the bottom of the country, about in the middle. Uh, so yeah, sunny Bournemouth. We're about as close as you get to Florida in the UK. So I literally live about ten minutes. Are you the, the only? Are you like the only Toronto Blue Jay or slash baseball fan in that area? No, no, no. There's loads of us here. Loads of yeah. us. So, yeah. So one of the big thing with the Jays, I think, is that obviously quite a close connection between the two countries. Uh, there's a lot of Canadians that live here in the UK. There's also a lot of uh, English guys or, or UK guys who live out in Canada. Uh, so I think there's a lot of cross Atlantic traveling wow. in terms of, you know, going out to see family and stuff. And we've all got you know crazy different stories about how we first got into the jays so my wow yeah my, really my story cool. was back in 94 so that was my first visit so been been following them for a reasonable length of time unfortunately it was just after the two world series so i completely missed them uh but it was five days before the strike and so i was out staying with some friends in hamilton which is just down the uh yeah. down the lakeshore and um, my birthday while I was out there and they said, would you like to go and see a Jays game? So, yeah, I didn't know much about baseball, knew, knew a, a little bit, but not a great deal. Just fell in love with the game. It was fantastic. Um, just enjoyed awesome. the atmosphere. And uh, yeah, Toronto was still pumping after the two World Series. Uh, lots of excitement in the ballpark. So, yeah, really, really good experience and fell in now, love who- with it. I have to ask, who's your Premier uh, League soccer or Premier Soccer League team? Ah, uh, okay. Well, so I, I mean, I've sort of got two. Um, so Bournemouth, where I live, have yeah. just been promoted back up to the Premier League. Uh, so they are like my home town club, but they're they're quite a small club. So yeah, I definitely allegiance towards them. Uh, in terms of the bigger boys, of course, like a lot of kids when you're growing up, you support the team that's doing really well because we're very fickle. Uh, so Liverpool, uh, you know, would be my. Oh other. man! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, was that a like? Should we? Yeah. Should we stop, <laughs> stop the pod right now? Uh, my family. Well, I adopted them after I I married my wife, and that's just because they're they're huge Manchester United fans. Oh, so. Ricky, what were you doing? <laughs> I thought 
thought you were an intelligent man. I mean, what's yeah, man? Oh, yeah. man, yeah, and it's yeah. been rough. My team is it's whoever been... wins, so whoever wins is at my team, so totally. <laughs> so who won? That's my team. Liverpool won, uh, uh well, no, not this season. No, oh, they forget it, they're not my team, yeah, yeah. Well, they were they were close. I mean, Liverpool have pushed. Well, Liverpool's uh, you'll never walk alone, right? Yes. Okay. Beto, you're in the club. <laughs> right, there we go. Uh, there's one of my Liverpool, Liverpool mascots, which I still got here. Yeah, no, no. Oh Liverpool, man, Liverpool yeah. have, uh, were you know were have been really I, good this season. I, I feel like a lot of people are enjoying the crap out of United being so bad, though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> We're loving it. We are loving it. And they only just sneaked into the Europa League this year. So, yeah, I mean, I, of course, back in the 90s, uh, Man United were so dominant. I mean, they had so many good players uh, and uh, everybody got sick to death of them. Uh, but, yeah, now they are not doing so well. So we're quite enjoying that. Uh, we <laughs> so, Beto, tell me about your little trip. I know you went out to Toronto, and, and we, yeah. we were just we we're just comparing. Uh, ah, there you yeah, go. We're just comparing. You go. Yeah, you go. you've gone. You've so, gone black, which feels you know. Uh, that's all they had. <sighs> you know, not so. Traditional. I was in a. Where was I, Rick? In Bington? Uh, 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 Brampton. 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 I was in Brampton. Brampton. So that's all they had was this one. Um, yeah, yeah. No, so yeah, I'm born and raised in LA. I've known Ricky for a while, and he's always talking about Toronto and. I went to Toronto to go work some boxing. I'm a boxing announcer primarily. Um, and I was in Brampton and I got the tour of Toronto and I was only there 48 hours. And as I said on our podcast, they, these guys explained it. He and Tolly and other people we've talked about. But I, now I understand just going around the city, the energy, the attitude, the vibe, but like just how cool it is. And like that's one of the cities where I'm like, I, I want to go spend more days. And I knew I had to go to Tim Hortons. I had to get the mug. Uh I, I, I did all I did all the good touristy stuff and it was cool. I, the Jays were actually in Southern California, so I didn't get a chance to go see a game. But uh, it, it was cool. It's a uh, you know I have I should I, where's my Canada hat? I got my Canada hat. I should have took that. But yeah, it's a uh, it was good. It was fun, good adventure, man. And then I was telling Ricky like your podcast, like when you asked if you guys would come on, I'm like mm. yeah, like it'd be great because what you do. And I said this before we started. It's, getting the Blue Jays out there in the UK um, and just doing it, doing a podcast. It's hard. Doing a podcast is hard. They're doing sure. it the way that you do it with the graphics and everything, the overlays, all that other stuff. My goodness. So kudos to you <laughs> and respect for everything you no, do. Man. Thanks, man. No, it's been, it's been cool to do. Uh, so one of my, my visions really for what we're doing here was, was connecting Jays fans together. So I guess maybe a little bit like Premier League um supporters in the in the states you know there aren't so many of them um and so obviously uk being a fairly small country and not a massive amount of baseball fans here it was a means of just trying to connect people together and so started you know a friend of mine started a facebook group i think it was about 2012 2013 somewhere around there which i i joined in and then really have just sort of taken it on from there in terms of twitter and instagram and now doing the pods and just trying to connect stories of people. And this is where the, the pod all started was, was actually talking to fans and just hearing about their memories of going to watch Jay's games and, and, and so on. And that's what I particularly love about your pod is that it's not just about analysis of a baseball game. Cause there's loads of those sort of podcasts out there. I love the stories. I love the, you know, I'm often listening to you guys in the car when I'm driving into work, just 
giggling away to myself as, as you know, you remember <laughs> moments and stuff and things that, you know, fans like us wouldn't know about, you know, we, we're not major league baseball players. We've never walked that road. So to get some insight in terms of that world, I think it's really important to hear. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, no, and that, and that, no, and that, that was one of the things when, when Beto asked me about doing a podcast, I was like, the last thing I want is for it to turn into a baseball podcast and be more about like, Oh, how are the blue Jays going to be this season? Can they beat the Yankees? And like you mentioned, there's a ton of those podcasts out there, a ton of them. And so when we kind of sat down and, and had a little bit of a plan and we, we took a drive down to Arizona and we're like, let's just invite guys and see where it takes us. And one episode, one good episode turned into a second good episode. And we, we did what about four or five, right? Beto in Arizona. Yeah. And- we did six actually. Yeah. And these guys just kept, we rented a house and these guys just kept coming by after their, their training. And we sat there, we'd order food. I mean, some of the podcasts that we, that we did, um, I still remember one specifically with Travis Snyder. It got kind of like pretty emotional and stuff like that. And just to be able to get that rawness um, was pretty cool. Um, And I think it was a good thing for fans to listen in and be like, wow, like these guys, the stuff that, you know, for example, him, the Travis I'm talking about the, the stuff that he has dealt with and the card he was dealt and how he's got into the big leagues. It might not have turned out the way he wanted it to, but he still got there. And, and then you, you mentioned, uh, we talk about Scott Richmond too, and his story. I still think his story should be a damn movie, man. I mean, his, his story is incredible, incredible what he was able to do. Um, and then you get a little bit deeper into our podcast. And, you know, when we had Jose Bautista and Troy Tulowitzki, uh, as a matter of fact, Beto, I forgot to tell you, Shai Davidi came up to me in Anaheim and was like, oh, man, like I, that that Troy, that Tulo uh, episode, man, it's like you cracked some code and he was like, <sighs> so open to you guys. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to hear because um, I want these guys to be themselves. And they probably open up a little bit more because I have a personal relationship with them. And and and. And that's what makes it special when these guys are able to be themselves. Cause I remember Tula was so hesitant at first. He was like, Oh man, like, what are you guys going to ask? And how is it going to be? And I'm like, dude, just sit back and relax. And once we got going, it was like, it was like just three dudes having a conversation about whatever the hell was on our minds Uh, or actually four dudes, because totally was obviously there. He was the punching bag that day, (laughs) but um, yeah. And, and that's kind of what we set out to do when we, when we started this whole podcast thing and, obviously has evolved and we added Josh and Josh has been freaking awesome, man. I mean, I, I love shooting the shit with him and, and sitting there and, and just, you know, everything that comes out of his mouth, I feel like is comedy. Uh, but when it's talked, when it's time to talk baseball, he's, he's really good at that part too. And he really, he's really passionate about the sport and cares a lot. So just seeing all the different aspects of it and how we've evolved from the first episode till now is, is awesome. And, and we continue to get, a good turnout. We continue to get people listening in. Um, Beto gets to see most of the messages because he's the one that runs the account. But um, you know, sometimes he'll 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 fire off a message that that gets sent to the account, to the Let's Go Ricky Roll account, and just how people are like, "Whoa!" Like I didn't realize that they struggled this much. I didn't realize that they went through this, and that's the part that we want to get to. And I'm glad we've been able to do that with with our guests. Yeah. yeah, we have a really good time. And like I said, so my background is I'm a sports reporter here in Los Angeles. And I actually met Ricky interviewing him when he was with the Jays. Okay, I was going to ask, what, what, where where did the connection happen? Yeah, I'll tell us a little bit. But um, back to the podcast, it's 
you know, when Ricky was retired, by that time we become friends. And he's like, uh, like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? I had my own separate one called Living the Dream. And he's like, nah, I hesitate about it. And I heard his story. I'm like, damn, you're good. I was like, if you want to, you have a future broadcasting. He's like, no, I don't want that. That's the last thing I want, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> right. And then we did the podcast, we went to Arizona. I'm like, Rick, we have something here because just like you said, there's so many an- analytics sports ones or, and I've always prided myself as a reporter of like telling the story because baseball is hard. Every sport's hard, you know, baseball, basketball, whatever it is you're doing. We did the podcast. And I remember driving back from Arizona, Ricky, I'm like, Rick, we have something here. I don't know what it's a saturated market, but we could be different. And we do that. And we have people come on and we just tell the stories and, or let, let them tell their story. And now it's, I think Ricky said, people are like, Hey, when can I come on? When can I do this? And it's there. We tell everybody there is no baseball talk about strategy numbers dugout. Who's going to win? No predictions. It's just tell us your story. And in the beginning, we used to ask guys, you know, the first time you went on, on the, uh, the private jet, the hotel, how much money did you have when you got called up, you know, stuff like that. And it's evolved just the story time. And uh, could we be bigger? Absolutely. Um, could we do more? Absolutely. But at the same time, I think that would dilute what the rawness and the realness is that we have. We do it every Tuesday. Uh, we do it live on YouTube now, 10 a.m. Pacific. And it's more of, I'm still a baseball fan who loves listening to these stories. And I've always said, everybody has a story but about how they got there. And as we've evolved and now as we're, you know, Ricky's a father, we start talking about his adventures, little league coach or whatever it is out there. And what I take a lot of pride in, and I talk with Ricky about this is how many parents listen to us and say, just like he said, wow, thank you for that advice. I didn't know I was doing this or I didn't know this, or I didn't know that. Or, or, or Or it can be the complete opposite and they can be like, you know, F right off. Like you don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> we get some of those too. We get some of those too. My yeah. kid's different. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they well grew up. So wh- how did Josh get involved? Because, you know, if you're going to put it on paper, you probably, in all fairness, wouldn't put the three of you together <laughs> in this. No, it, it, so how did it, that happen? It was just, honestly, it was just like, he mentioned it to me and I was hesitant at first. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go. Let's go. Remember, to we had taken Let's... a break from it. We had taken a break for yeah. like six months from it. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of started it and then we took a break and then we said, all right, let's do it. Or no, we we did it. We did it and then took a break. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, that's how uh, it, it kind of started just in the in the spurt of the moment. It wasn't like we would plan it or anything. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And he kept pushing me. And I, I don't think I've ever said this to Beto, but he's had a huge influence in my career now transitioning into media and being able to do stuff on TV and stuff like that. I I. I run everything by him. Like, Hey man, what do you think we should work on here? What do you think we should, what I should do here? You know, I don't feel sharp here. And he's been over to my house to help me kind of with those skills here and there, whenever he has a chance. So I I give credit to him and him being able to help me uh, open up these doors because the podcast itself has opened up doors. When I speak to executives from other companies and, and, and they're trying to, you know, have me come on board to their companies. Like for example, the athletic, you know, doing the podcast, the spin rate podcast, where we talk strictly uh, Toronto blue Jay baseball. I mean, the first thing they say is like, Hey, I went back and listened to a let's go Ricky Grow podcast. You sound great. We'd love to have you on board. So all that type of stuff has opened it up and Beto saw it. That's why he was like, dude, you got to do it because this it's the content that people are going to love. And if you bring in more content, because at times I was like, man, screw that. I don't want to do it. Like I'm done. Like I, this is dumb. And and uh, and the more we do it now, it's like it's become part of like my routine every Tuesday. And when we don't do it, it's because we're 
probably golfing. And that's, yeah. that's <laughs> the honest truth. <laughs> hey, free golf. We're going to go. That's fair. Yeah. But like, Steve, you know, this, when you do a podcast, it's a grind. You have to put the content. Nobody's listening to anything like that. But Tolly was, I think, episode number three or four for us. And we just hit it off. I just met him. And then Ricky, we were literally golfing. And Rick's like, hey, Tolly's asking about doing a podcast. I'm like, whoa. And then now, because technology was better, we knew because at the beginning, we used to go and do it live with somebody. Like we went and to then the whole, what? Yeah, the whole pandemic hit. And it kind of threw everything back. We're like, how the hell are we going to do this? And then Beto figured out the programs and stuff like that. And yeah, Josh mentioned that he wanted to do a podcast. And I was like, you know what? Why don't you just jump on board with us? And to be honest, it took us a little bit to click, right? I mean, we, yeah. it was like the three of us sat like we are here. And even like the first couple episodes, like he was like, let's try this. And I was like, well, let's try this. And Beto's like, you guys try whatever the hell you guys want, but let's clean it up for like once we get further down the line. And then once we kind of were like, okay, well, maybe we should take this out. We take this out and let's just let it be organic. This is the way we did it before. Let's just add your voice and that's it. And then boom, it and it's kind of like been a hit because a lot of people do love Josh Tolley and what he brings to the podcast. And I have always said this and I, and I say it even for like television broadcasts. There's nothing like having a pitcher and a catcher in the booth or not in the booth, but in the pre and post game, you know, stuff like that. Or I, I mean, there's to me, there's nothing like we don't know hitting like for a pitcher to sit up there on TV and talk hitting. It's like, come on, like we really don't know. But uh, but you have a catcher who uh, who does it on both sides of the of the spectrum. You know, he's an offensive guy and a defensive guy and he knows pitching. I think it's just add, adds that much value. And when we added him, it was just like, it was an instant hit. And, and I, he's a character. I, I'm, and, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. And that too. And yeah. that too. So, so it's yeah. been fun. It's him, him being on board. And I know he hasn't had, we haven't had him the past few weeks, but we, he's been busy. And like I said, sure. we're probably golfing when we, when we don't do an episode. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, he's, he's, he's a beauty as they say in Toronto or as they say in Canada, he's a beauty. And, uh, we love having him on the on the podcast. Yeah, we love yeah. making fun of Tolly living in a, in a farm in upstate New York. He he lives <laughs> in a city, but we keep saying he's in his barn doing something, and how he doesn't get reception, and he just plays along. He's great. I've yeah. only met him once. I met him once for one hour, and like we have a great rapport with him. He's he's awesome, and he and the thing is, he's very outspoken, honest about the stories that, that comes out there. And uh, and then when we do get down to the nitty gritty, when they do start talking baseball, that's when I just back up. I'm like. Let him go. Wind him up. And let him go. So, you know, yeah. as a host, that's what you do. Get out of the way. Yeah. And when you set out, did you have a, a mindset this would be primarily geared towards Blue Jays fans? Or was it much wider horizon in terms of what it you was, were hoping um, to do? Obviously, you know, Ricky's bread and butter, the fan base is Toronto. And so in the sure. beginning, we started off that way. But it was always the plan of let's expand more. And because... You know, people are going to listen. Like I have my following. Ricky has his, but it's like, okay, then once I told him it's going to take a while to grow it, we're on episode 81. And, you know, there's some weeks where we don't have a guest and it's like, let's just ask, talk stories. And that's what people want to do. The beauty of baseball for me as a kid who grew up is hearing stories. And now it's so bogged down with, I don't know what war is. I don't know what BAPIP is. I don't know what all that, all that stuff is. I should as a reporter, but I don't care. Like I'd rather hear about you like, throwing you know rocks at your brother and that's how you learn how to hit things you know like <laughs> hearing the dominican stories and i think the perspective of us being mexican-american being able to give people the perspective of what it comes like for a latino player in a foreign country how hard it is 
or when Tolly talks about his time in Venezuela, how according to Tolly, he's still a legend. They have a statue of him over there. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, it, 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 we give people a different perspective. And I think that's always the plan is to have you walk away from our podcast saying, wow, that was cool. I didn't know yeah. that. Like every single yeah. week I've known Ricky and I talk to him all the time. I still learn something new about this man and his career and his, what he went through. And the, and the, and the cool thing is to me, when we have guests is the text messages that I get after, like, dude, that was awesome. I'd come on anytime if it's going to be like that. And I'm like, bingo, like we, we hit it right on the money. Again, we don't try to bombard and the questions like Beto before we even jump on the, uh, or when we jump on the first minute is like, Hey man, we don't care about your baseball, sit back, relax, and let's just talk shop. And I think that gets them like, Oh, it's that kind of podcast. Okay. It's not going to be like, again, it's not going to be anything based on stats or, Hey, how are you feeling on the mound? How are you feeling at the dish? How are you feeling here? Nah, we don't care about that. We care about the, the journey, the stories, how you're doing and what it took for you to get to that level. Because like he mentioned, everyone has a different story. Everyone's path to the big leagues was different. Some was, some was easier. Others were a little harder and the adversity that they had to face. Everyone thinks that when you get to the big leagues, it's like, oh, he had it easy. And it's like, well, no, there's, there's a, you got to peel back those layers. And that's what yeah, we yeah. try and do with, with their stories. Yeah. It, it reminds me a little bit of um, what James Corden's done with the Late Late Show in terms of his carpool karaoke. Yeah. And he, he often talks about how hard it was to get anybody to sign up to doing that. <laughs> uh, nobody wanted to come on. And I can't, I can't remember who is one of his first guests. Was it Stevie Wonder or somebody like that? I think suddenly it had like reputation and everybody who is in that world of entertainment suddenly wanted to be part of it. And, and, and again, as you say, Ricky had a story to tell. And, and I think that's what's fascinating about what he's done is it's not just about the songs. It's actually hearing the, the conversation yeah. in between the songs and learning about mm -hmm. people in a way that you've never had that experience. And I think particularly for, for, for me as a fan watching in watching guys like you play you know everybody has a life and, and a story and a family and all those situations behind uh you know the game but yeah you, you never see that you, or you well, or, or rarely see that yeah and and, and that's the thing one of the, like beto's always like hey man you got like when you're on tv and doing stuff like that be 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 critical but also be smart about it and don't don't just criticize somebody just with for the heck of it, explain it to the crowd, explain it to the audience. And that's one of my biggest goals that I've taken into TV. It's like, I don't want to be hard on somebody just to be hard on somebody. I want to be able to bring what's going through the mind of the player to the, to the audience. And I think that's, that's how the audience learns. You know, if you're sitting there ripping a guy because he didn't block a ball or because he didn't hit a fastball down the middle, well, shit, man, like it ain't easy to, to go up there and be able to fit, uh, hit a hundred or, or to be able to be on that mount 60 feet, six inches and throw a strike every mm. damn time that you feel like it, you're going to make mistakes. And this game is all about failure. And if you're able to bring that aspect to it, not only on the podcast, but on TV or when you're doing some type of um, analyzing of baseball, um, I feel like you get a better, a better, uh, or the crowd kind of, or the audience receives it a lot better. And, and, and rather than you sitting there and ripping a guy, um, and I've always, that's been one of my goals. Like they ask me, what's your, what's your goal on TV? What are you trying to accomplish when you do something on TV and you're explaining something? I was like, well, I want to bring the game to you guys' uh, living room. If I can, I, I can, I don't know what's going through the pitcher's head exactly, but I can tell you 
what would go through my head if I was in that situation. And when you're able to do stuff like that, I, again, I think it helps the game. It helps people understand. And we're like, oh, yeah, well, I didn't think about it that way. Maybe I, should, I shouldn't sit there and rip the player the whole time. And it's like every you watch it on TV, Steve, and you're like, I mean, the game's easy. You, you're, you're seeing it from a camera angle that everything looks like it's down the middle. Everything yeah. looks like it's down the middle. Oh, it's just us little uh, folks. Just got to get down the middle. Right. You know? Right. right. What, what's so hard about that? But when <laughs> when you're actually standing in that batter's box, and I'm telling you because of experience, it's it's a lot different. The game is a lot faster for us. It's slower. And we 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 always say this, Beto and I, I'm sure you've heard us say it. If from the couch, everything's easy. You can manage, you can hit, you can play catch, you can throw strikes, you can do it all. And it, that's why it bothers me sometimes when I go on social media and I see people like absolutely ripping these players for, for, for having a little bit of a struggle or for doing this, or for doing that from, uh, it, it, and it's just like, it doesn't make sense. Is, is it, yeah. It does it, the criticizing come with the job. Absolutely. It does. But explain why, you know, don't, just don't leave it to the, to where the, the, the audience is like, Oh yeah, well he sucks. Yeah. He sucks. Like he, like, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're watching a, a guy like Jose Barrios right now. And it, and it kind of brings, a little bit back of what was going on with me in 2012 and it's and and people have asked me they're like what would you tell him if you had the chance and I'm like don't make everything a big deal because I feel like that's where I kind of went wrong I made everything such a big deal I started focusing on the wrong things I started focusing on what people were thinking I'm in the middle of a big contract he's in the middle of a big contract he just signed a big contract so I'm sure all that stuff is going through his head and I'm just like, man, just take a step back. And, and first, the first thing, the first question you got to ask yourself is, are you healthy? Are you healthy enough to be going out there every fifth day? If the answer is yes, okay, then let's identify the second problem. What is it? Let's not overthink it, overanalyze it. Let's just work on it and, and get better from start to start and look at the little small victories. I wasn't able to do that in 2012. One, it, it, I just felt like everything kind of snowballed on me. And the more you just let it snowball in this game, I mean, this game's gonna haunt you and scare yeah. you and, and scare you away. Yeah, well, you suck, like, though. <laughs> What's that? You suck. Yeah, yeah. And 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 on top of it, you're dealing. I was dealing with injuries that I wasn't saying anything about because I wanted to be out there for my team. And yeah, but no, nobody looks at it that way. And Beto's when yeah. I talked to Beto, he's like, "Yeah, man. I mean, nobody's gonna feel sorry for you if you're going out there. You're you're you're. Everyone's saying that you're healthy enough to go out there. You, sh I mean." And I, I had plenty of conversations with him and he was like, man, like, do you ever wish you would have kind of just taken a step back and, and maybe, uh, you know, came off like halfway through the season and said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'd rather go get these knees checked up or, or, yeah. or anything like that. And at the time, again, the competitor in me, I wasn't going to do that. I was like, no, nah, I got to figure this out. But again, if I had a chance to talk to, to Jose, that would be my, my advice. Don't overanalyze everything. And one, you yeah. got to ask yourself the question, are you healthy enough to be pitching? Because if you aren't, then this is the time that you can easily go on the DL, figure some stuff out, get healthy, because you are going to be part of this plan come mm. September, come October. Mm. What a concept. You're human. What a concept. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say the only the only Ricky Romero card I've got is actually 2012, so probably that's not not the best. <laughs> the best, best you know year <laughs> But you know what, Steve? You know you know what? It, to, as 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 awesome as 2009, 10, 11 were, 2012 did teach me a lot. It didn't teach me a lot at the time being, but now being able to reflect on it once I retired and now that I have kids and all that stuff, I 
not, I guess I shouldn't say I'm glad I went through it, but going through that period taught me a lot. And it, it, again, I wouldn't be able to give that advice to Jose Barrios in 2012 or 2013, but being able to look back on it now, I'm like, okay, like this is where I went wrong. This is what I could have done better. These are the lessons that I want to teach my kids. And, and so it, it has taught me a lot in that sense. 2011, I could go out there every fifth day and be like, all right, I, I, I know what I got. And, and it's, it's all pretty when it's going well, but it's when you, when, when, when shit hits the fan that sometimes you're just like, okay, what is it? I, I got to analyze myself first, instead of trying to make everyone happy, trying to please everyone, trying to say, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. But deep inside you, you're not okay. Mm. That's where, that's where the trouble begins. Did you, did you ever have an opening day start? Um, I did. I did in, in 2010, uh, 2011 and 2012. Okay, so you'll know the pressure that's on because nobody really cares about the opening starter of any series generally, apart from mm-hmm. that opening day. That seems to be mm-hmm. the, the big deal. Who's starting for the new season? And of course, with Burris having that mantle on his shoulder and, and not doing well in that game, I just, you know, uh, yeah. you still wonder how much the psychology of the game as I'm watching yeah. in is having an impact as I'm meant to be the ace and it's not quite yeah. working. And, 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 and I know that feeling like yeah to the max you know i know what it's like it's like you're going out there and you're like man like i'm not performing for these guys and and am i worthy enough am i yeah. is it like you start asking yourself questions that you shouldn't be asking and and i feel for him i mean i felt for him that opening day start i was there and it's like god like if um we're watching we're seeing this staff do amazing things but i feel for for a guy like jose barrios i really do because i've been in that position exactly like like he's been and and you can just I, and this is me i mean i might be wrong but when i watch his start it's like the, the the wheel starts spinning and you can see the wheel spinning and and you can just see the the overthinking sometimes and when he's missing it's like the damn it, like it's like you know the yeah. frustration pitch to pitch rather than you know the adjustments that he's going to make it's almost like he just can't let go of that and yeah. again th- this this game will bite you in the butt when you do stuff like that T- talk to me about the dugout mindset of players. Because as I watch the game, and you see moments well, where obviously guys... Sorry, uh, real quick. Steve, uh, I got to get going because I got to do something else. Ricky's staying though. So okay. yeah. th- this is fun. Right, I'm, so- I'm going to catch up to listen later. I forgot, Rick. I got to go. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Hey, man, thank you so much for setting this up. Appreciate it. Continue success, man. We'll talk and to you, you soon. We'll see you soon. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, Bido. The podcast home of Blue Jays fans UK. You're listening to Red, White, and Blue Jays. Yeah, so in terms of um, the dugout mindset, what is is that like when things aren't going to plan and the play play of the the other teammates in terms of helping somebody through who's struggling and and stuff, what does that look like for, for a for teammates when when you well, see your your your, your starting well, pitcher is struggling yeah well you rely on your, your teammates are your family man honestly you're there you're with them for what eight months out of the whole year and you you spend more time with them than you do your own family so it's important to have those relationships with your teammates and everything i've ever heard from jose barrios from his minnesota twins days is that he's that that guy he's he's a tremendous teammate a hard worker he cares and 
Um, and I'm pretty sure his teammates feel for him. His starting staff feels for him. His pitching coach feels for him. Everyone feels for him because if they're seeing that guy work behind closed doors and then he's going out there and he's struggling, um, it, obviously they feel for their guy and they want their guy to go out there and, and, and do, do, do well for their team. So um, I, I can almost assure you that, that every single guy in that Blue Jay uniform, staff, not staff, whatever, fans, everyone that understands the game um, is really pulling for him because again, he's a huge asset. There was a reason why they gave him that contract. So I hope he, he, he pulls through again. Number one thing for me is, is, is he healthy? And I hope he is. And this is just a little bit of a mental thing that he can overcome. And if he does that, we all know what he's capable of because we've seen the flashes of it. We've seen how good he can be. Mm. So it's just a matter of being more consistent and that's it. Mm. And the role of the family as well, I guess, must be hugely important for for a player who's yeah. who's struggling. At, and you've got the dynamic of you guys being on the road for so long, away from your family. Mm-hmm. Did you find when you when you had moments that you were struggling in, how much did they influence how yeah. you got got through those times? Well, I didn't have a. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a. I wasn't married or had kids, so I didn't have okay. a family like that when I was playing. But um, yeah, I mean, my mom and dad were always there for me. They sure. were a phone call away, but still, yeah, you're you find yourself alone a lot of times, and when it's going bad, you find yourself in dark rooms at your apartment, and you're sitting there just staring at the ceiling, wondering what the hell went wrong, or how can you fix it, or yeah. what are the next steps and stuff like that. So yeah, you you definitely do rely. For me, it was my mom and dad um, during 2012, and. I had just met my now wife that time. She was there for me too. Um, so yeah, I mean, you rely on all that type of stuff, any little bit of support. And the best thing about Cara, my wife was um, she was an athlete herself, right? Playing for the Canadian national team and um, and so many expectations out of her and injuries derailed her career. So this she knew soccer, a bit yeah. of, yeah, she, yeah. she knew a, a bit about that world. The, the injury world and stuff like that. So it was easy to have conversations with her because she understood where I was coming from. Sure. Ever, ever fancy being a soccer player? Is that something that's ever crossed your mind in terms of, you know, you've, you've hung up your baseball glove, maybe, maybe time to put some, some goalkeepers gloves on and uh, get, <laughs> get between no. the posts. No, 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 not at all. No, I love soccer though. I, I, um, I do love soccer. Um, in our family, obviously, when when Mexico is playing in the World Cup, it's a big deal. I'm sure yep. for you, it's obviously England. Yeah. Um, and we're looking forward to this World Cup in in, uh, in yes. a few months here. So it should be fun. But yeah, I, I, I love I think I love watching soccer more than my wife does. And uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, again, I'm an aficionado of every single sport. I, I love watching for anything from hockey to baseball, to soccer, to football, to basketball, yeah. anything. I yeah. should say uh, American football because I feel like sure. in, yeah, yeah. Uh, in England, I feel like, or the UK, you, you could say uh, football and they would, they would yep. think you're talking about soccer. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. We're always confusing the two sports between American because we tend to call hockey, ice hockey here because we have okay. field hockey uh, uh, where, where they play on grass, but that tends to be just called hockey here. So it tends to be hockey and ice hockey, which is obviously the reverse of what you guys are yeah. calling it. So. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we, so, we, 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 but yeah, no, it's it, again, I, I enjoy sports and that's why I want my kids to play every single sport they want to play. Yeah, no, very good. And uh, were you a Leafs fan? Is that something that you dipped into at all to 
in your well, time in Toronto? We actually talked about this a little bit today. Um, so when I got to Toronto, I didn't know much about hockey. Uh, obviously, here in LA, we have the LA Kings, but yeah. you know, it, it, hockey here it's it's not nearly as dominant as it is in uh, in Canada. Here, it's the mm. Los Angeles Dodgers, the Los Angeles Lakers, um, and then it's maybe hockey. Uh, but when I got to Toronto and um, a lot of those guys are from there, from that area, and they're huge Blue Jay fans, I got to become friends with a lot of guys. So I started rooting for for certain guys in the NHL. And um, yeah, I mean, if the if the Leafs are, I mean, they were in the playoffs a couple of weeks ago, and I was I was obviously rooting for them and hoping that they got to the next round. But yeah. again, I've just had friends uh, around the league for for a long time that I, I just kind of watch the games and, and root for them. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I was thinking in terms of playing for Toronto, obviously you're playing for, for a, a baseball side that is represented of a whole nation in terms of Canada. Mm-hmm. Very different dynamic, I would imagine, than playing in any of the um, other MLB uh, clubs. Were you aware of how impactful the Blue Jays were having across the nation? I mean, obviously the Expos were, were around for, for a season, but um, you know, in those latter years, was that something that you were really mindful of? I wasn't. No, I didn't. Oh, I really? didn't know what it okay. meant. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, being a Southern California boy um, um, and coming out of East Los Angeles, we knew Dodger baseball. And when I went on to play at uh, university, it was uh, OK, um, you know, go there. We for three years and then the draft comes along, the opportunity to be drafted. And when the Blue Jays took me the first thought was like oh man like the furthest team from southern california took me like i one i was like it's the only team out of the country like what is going on like it was just a little bit like holy smokes and then um once i got to be part of the organization and and i made it to the big leagues um and and all that stuff uh it was like i always say this i always say this that the the toronto blue jays were one of the greatest things to ever happen to me in my life without a doubt without a doubt um, and it wasn't, it wasn't till, uh, we were actually talked about this on the let's go Ricky roll podcast today. Um, I knew what it meant to be a Toronto blue Jay to the city of Toronto. I didn't know what it meant to be a Toronto blue Jay to the country of Canada till we started doing winter tours where we'd go to like Ottawa, Calgary, Vancouver, and different places like that. And that's where I started realizing the impact that this team has across a whole country. And, and that left me in awe of it all i was like wow you go to vancouver you go sit at a bar there's the blue jay game on you go to the same uh during that same game you're in ottawa that blue jay as long as there's no hockey or their their local hockey team isn't playing it's the toronto blue jays which i'm I'm sure other than edmonton right now it's blue jay games everywhere and and i didn't realize that like i said till till we started doing those winter tours and then after i retired um when i started visiting more uh uh, other cities due to uh, working camps through the Toronto Blue Jays and stuff like that. Um, then I, I realized like, man, this, this is big. Like this, you're a big deal. And um, it's special. Again, it's special when you put on that, that Blue Jay uniform and, and you know that you represent uh, that one team represents the whole country. And it's, and it's something that I always tell guys like uh, be, be have, have so much pride in that, you know, and putting on that uniform because, it's not just the little city of Toronto. Like here, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? It's just in Los Angeles. Um, and then up north, it's the San Francisco Giants, and it's just the Giants. Here in Canada, 
or here in Toronto, it's all of Canada. The whole country yeah. is watching you. Yeah. I, and that mm-hmm. must be an amazing feeling to have that behind you. I mean, obviously, we're following also outside the country. Uh, so I guess, again, you probably weren't aware of the international appeal that MLB has across the world. And I guess every MLB team has probably got a fan somewhere um, who, who are cheering for them. Had you ever hoped that you might play in a, in a game that was taken overseas? Because I think there was a couple possibly around in your in your day where they went. I, I remember they went down to Australia, I think, at one point. Um, was that ever yeah. in your mindset or was that just, you know, that's just pipe dreams? Yeah, man, that would have been that would have been cool, man. I, I, I wish we would have done that. Um... But yeah, no, it's it's cool. I mean, the, the more the MLB tries to grow the game, the, the better sure. it is for, for the game. Um, well, yeah, well, I know the Yankees. The Yankees were a couple years that were in in uh, England, correct? Well, we, yeah, we had one game. We had uh, the London series in 2019, yeah. uh, where the Yankees Red Sox came over. So they played for a couple of games, com- converted one of our football stadiums, uh, soccer stadiums, into a ballpark, which actually worked mm-hmm. quite well, to be fair well-attended game, uh, lots of hype around it. The Cubs cards were due to come in 2020, but because of the pandemic, that all uh, got cancelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've now just announced there's a series next year, uh, 2024 and 2026, I think it is, in London. They're going to do one in Paris as well. Wow. I mean, I'd love to see the Jays coming. Do you think that's a, a, a possibility? I hope you... I hope so. You, For fans I... like you. Yeah, yeah, they should. They should. Yeah, and you, and like you need you, to come. Just... You need to come if it happens. <laughs> that'd be that'd be great, man. That'd be great if 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 the opportunity came. That that yeah, that's something that obviously uh, I, I'd love to be a part of. And um, yeah, um, hopefully they do. They hopefully they're one of the teams that gets chosen to to go up there because I feel like like you mentioned. I mean, there's a there is a there is a fan base up there of Toronto Blue Jay fans, Massive. and it would be great for them. Oh, I think I think it'd be fantastic. I think it's just whether MLB will will buy it in terms of uh, audience attraction, yeah. whether whether the Jays are uh, top of the list, are pro- probably not from them, their point of view, but uh, I, I think it'd be fantastic. And I think, you know, to, to get guys like yourselves across would be, would be fantastic to come and say hello yeah. and, uh, and uh, see you in person, but uh, yeah, exciting, exciting times. Uh, I mean, just, we're just very, very briefly, how are you feeling about this season for the Jays? I know it's not, I don't want to get into much, no, that's fine. But in I, terms of I, what was your heartbeat telling you? Well, you know what? This this past series here against Anaheim was very encouraging. And what they did in, in St. Louis, it looks like their their bats got going. So that's a really good thing. I know everyone's been waiting for that offense to, to explode. And I kind of I to me, I, I like their I like how they came out uh, on the last game. And it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they weren't giving a bat away. And when you see stuff like that, when you see them being selective, uh, they were being patient. I mean, they had what? Two or three uh, walks with the bases loaded. I, mean, I know that's it's mad, wasn't it? Un- un- unheard of. Right. Um, so yeah. yeah, it was good to see like a, uh, like a Lourdes Gurriel um, uh, do his thing this past week. And it's almost, he had a really good series. Matt Chapman had a good series too. I feel like it's, and, and, and we've been saying this from the beginning. It, it's going to click for this team. Um, there's going to come a time where they're the ones carrying the team. The pitching staff has done their part to this point. 
And there's going to come a time when it's the other way around. That's just the way the game of baseball is. And as much as we wanted to click for 162 games, um, it's just not going to happen. But I like what I'm seeing right now. Um, this should be they, they got to continue this momentum. They can't fall on a rut where they go three, four, five in a row losses because the Yankees are not giving anything away. So they they got to kind of keep pace with them. And and I think if they, they're able to do that, they're, they're going to find themselves in really good shape. Again, they have such a young, talent, talented team, the pieces that they've added. Um, you got to give credit to, to Ross and Mark and the, and the job that they've done up there in the front office and, and putting this team together. You know, you bring in a, a Matt Chapman, you bring in a Kevin Gosman, you bring in, a, you know, a couple years, you bring in George Springer and just the puzzles that they've kind of brought in little by little and, and informing this team. And you, you sprinkle it, obviously, with the young guys like Bichette and Gurriel and Danny Jansen. Um, when you're able to do that, and we Teoscar Hernandez still hasn't gotten hot. Wait till he gets hot. So once this, once, once this starts clicking for all of them, and obviously it hurt him that he was on the DL for a little bit, I think uh, they're going to be just fine. Again, they just can't keep losing ground to the Yankees. We need those Yankees to start losing a little bit and and the, the Jays to kind of gain some ground again and, and find themselves at the top. But I'm excited, man. I've been excited for this season for since since the beginning of it. And I think they're 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 doing the the things that they got to do. Obviously, it hasn't been pretty offensively, but they still find themselves well above 500. And if they're able to do this and this offense gets clicking, watch out that, that mm. it's, they're going to be a very, very dangerous team. Mm. And, I, and I think in terms of the Yankees that they've had a probably a much easier run of it in the opening two couple of months in terms yeah. of the opposition we've had a very mm-hmm. tough but, schedule but but this is the thing though now too steve they the, when they enter the the you know when they go to the kansas cities of the world that these are the teams that they really do have to be they Absolutely. can't afford to be losing series yeah. to those type of teams like even i look back and and don't get me wrong they, they, they're big league teams for a reason and they're going to be coming hard at the blue Jays, just like the cincinnati reds did yeah. uh, but they they have to be able to win series they can't be losing series to the to the lower tier teams that's for sure yeah yeah so definitely postseason team oh yeah i think so 100 percent. oh Good yeah man. yeah well yeah let's see where it goes uh it's exciting and i think as you say the brilliant young squad um great roster that they've got pulled together and i think you know we've probably all come in with it very high expectations and because it hasn't quite happened, there's been a few few moans out there. But I think, uh, as you say, they'll pull this together. They're going to turn it around. I feel that's already happening. Uh, I think the month of June is going to be an important month for them just to mm-hmm. keep pressing on. And as you say, catching up with the Yankees. So exciting days. Uh, Ricky, I'm conscious of time. I know you've done your, your pod before this one as well. So you've, you've been at it for a long time, but uh, really appreciate your your time this morning for you this afternoon like early evening for us here um just uh, can you remind everybody where to find you on socials i'm sure they've all got it got you but let's just get that out there yeah 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 uh i'm on instagram on uh at ricky row 24 and on twitter at ricky row underscore row 24 good man thank you so much we wish you well. We, uh, guys, please keep listening into the Let's Go Ricky Road podcast. Clearly, it's one of my favorite podcasts out there. I absolutely Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, absolute pleasure. Thanks for your time today. We wish you well. Absolutely. Good Thank wishes you. to your family as well. And uh, we will no doubt uh, be watching in and listening into you very soon. But thanks for your time today. 
Really appreciate it, Steve. Thank you very much for having me on as a guest. No problem. The Red, White, and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com. And follow along on Twitter and Instagram at bluejaysfansuk. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening. <laughs>